Hey, what's up, everybody? I am John Ricard. This is Camera Work Podcast, and I'm excited because we have a guest, and we don't always have a guest, so whenever I have a guest, I'm happy because it, it makes things easier than me just rambling on for like 25 minutes, but my guest is Evan Seplo. Hello. Pronounced it right? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Now, in my mind, you are an, a film editor, is how I would have called it. How would, okay. would you describe yourself? Well, is that's that how the you right term? Me. So that makes sense. Right. Uh, because I edited a, a music video that you shot. Right. But um, no, I shoot uh, also. I'm a director of photography for motion graphics, I'm a still photographer. Uh, so they're both similar, but you know, right. the styles of approach of lighting and, and things like that. There's a lot of issues that are different between photography and motion photography right. kind of, it, and, and, and then uh, computer graphics, 3D, stuff like that. So. Right. And, you know, um, come a little closer to that, Mike. Yeah, sure. And that's one of those things that drives me crazy, by the way, is like, you know, when you have the iPhone or any camera phone and they mix the photo and the video into the same app. And I can't understand why no one ever separates it, because for me, if I pull out the phone, I know when I pull it out, I know if I want to take a picture or if I want to shoot a video clip. And to me, they're completely different. There are things that I'm going to shoot with the phone that I would do as a picture, would never do as video and vice versa. And it drives me crazy to have to be scrolling through video options if I'm trying to take a picture or vice mm -hmm. versa. And like you kind of said there that they're different. And it's weird that they don't make an app that does only pictures or only video. Well, or, or, at least even, I've never or even on the DSLR it. cameras, like I, I have some Sony cameras and you know, you flip from video mode to uh, picture mode and right. it'll maintain your settings. So like for example on- Which are uh, not correct is what you're saying. Well, you know, or you're, you're saying shooting that's on like a, a Sony a7 thing. or a 6300, those kind of cameras. Right. And, and you're shooting with what's called a, like a LUT on, on film, and right. then you switch to photo mode, why would you shoot in the, you know, that right. profile? I think it seems to me I have an A6000, and the few times I'll do a video clip on that camera, it feels like it's still on the shutter speed of like 250, and I'm like, right, don't, right. I, don't it, I want this on 50 or something? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. they're such different processes though. But for me, they are different. But, but like you said, I met you because I, I filmed this video, uh, Brian Stevens' River Flows, and I think I'm decent at filming a video, but the editing is like a, a nightmare for me, just trying to figure out how to put it together. And one of the really difficult things, like there was a little bit of a story in a video. We, mm -hmm. What it was, was we see scenes of Brian and a girl not getting along, and then he, write, he gets thrown out of the house, then he writes a song for her, he delivers it to her by mail on a cassette, because mm -hmm. that's how you would do this in 2018. You would yes. send someone a cassette Walkman with the song. <laughs> the first time it. I saw your footage, I was like, hmm, yeah. cassette, okay. Yeah, yeah, why is it a cassette? Yeah. Mind you, if this girl's in her 20s, she's going to look at this thing and go, what is this? What is it? She's yeah. not even going to know how to press play. Yeah. But anyway, then he gives her the song. She listens to the song and dances around because the song is so great, and she instantly falls in love with him again because she likes the song. So that was the concept. But one of the trickiest things for me is you can write it on paper that okay, here's a scene of them arguing and then the chorus comes and then here's another scene of them fighting and then the second chorus. But mm. in the edit is where you have to figure out how to time that. How do you time, yeah, to yeah. time the argument so that it eats up the entire second verse or third? And so the editing for me was a nightmare. I'm like, I have well, to find someone uh, and, to edit. And, and, you know, specific to your takes or you encounter this everywhere, so not just your work, um, the takes were long and some of the action was long and some of the moments were beautiful, but you couldn't right. spend 15 seconds for 
this model's action to emote something. So right. what you had to do is, and what you saw, you know, is you take a second of it and then you cut to something else and you cut back to the end, maybe a right. second of it. And, you know, you get that story, but right. it's, it's, you don't get full motions. You don't get that. And, you know, if you want to edit a music video fast. Yeah. And for it me, it's, it's so hard. And you did a lot that you did the thing that is the best thing that a team member can do, which is you elevated the level of the project because without you, whatever level we grade the video at now, let's say we give it a nine, it would have been a seven without you. Oh, well, if we graded as a seven, it would have been a five without you. Because there was a couple things that you did, like for example, at one in my vision, I was actually modeling the video after that Billy Idol. I hope Cradle you're going to have Love. a link to to the video. Yeah, I'm thinking so, I'm gonna, people are going to be very confused listening. Well, hopefully to this somebody wants. The video. Hopefully someone wants yeah, to see it yeah. after this uh, description. But um, I was going to let it play underneath us talking oh, okay. on the YouTube you version go. of this. So if you're watching, if you're watching, listening to the iTunes version, go find a YouTube version and and you'll see the video as we're talking for that segment there. But um, in my mind, it was supposed to be kind of like that Billy Idol Cradle of Love, where um, do you remember that video where the girl is just dancing? The whole video is just this girl writhing on the bed dancing, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you only see Billy Idol as a photo on the wall, and then he moves around inside the picture frame a bit. So in my mind, 80% of the video was the girl dancing, and then there was a little bit of Brian performing and a little bit of the story. But you looked at it, and I think you kind of went, well, let's do more story and a little less of her dancing. And I, thought, I think that actually worked way better than my original idea and then mm. you suggested to cut a scene. You were like, we've seen them fighting in like three different scenes. I forget which one it was, but there was one of the yeah. scenes of them kind yeah. of arguing. You're like, well, there's just we, no room for it. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't fit yeah. because when you're filming, you can film all these scenes. But how do you fit it in the edit? Yeah. Well, my, thing, well so. I definitely have an approach to editing a music video, which is the very first thing I do is I, would you like me to stop for a second? No, no, no. Keep going. No, no. Oh. I was just taking these off now. We're good on the headphones. Okay. Keep going. Oh, we'll, we'll make that edit, right? No, I'm going to leave that. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it's way easier uh, to leave yeah, it. Easier not to do that. I'm not an I'm, editor. I'm talking about editing. Um, no, what, uh, my approach to music videos, because I've actually uh, shot and, uh, or edited or both or whatever, mm -hmm. literally somewhere around 100 videos. I don't That's even know lot. what the number yeah. is. Mm -hmm. um, I was doing this back when there was a music industry and things right. were on uh, this, when back when MTV actually like played music videos, right, I was right. making these um, for all sorts of record labels and stuff. And mm -hmm. um, the basic approach is I first start on the vocal track, meaning mm -hmm. the performance. Right. Um, usually, you shoot, you know, the the lead singer or the lead singer of the band or whatever actually doing a performance. So I take all of those, I sync mm -hmm. them up. I might have you know right. a lot of tracks depending, you know, stacked up right. on an edit timeline. And I go through line by line and I say, okay, where does this guy or girl look best singing the very first line? Right. And I go through every single take. To find and each I find line. Which, no, well, yeah. I start, let's say line one. You right. know, you are beautiful is the line, whatever. Right. It's, you know, a four bar mm -hmm. line. It's something that makes musical sense. And I will, um, I will take, I'll go through every single take. And I'll say, where does this person look best singing this? Right. And I will say, okay, let me use this take. Now I'll go to the second one. Right. And you second have to look line, through all of them. And I'll go through all of them yeah. and I'll say, now I'll also think about variety because I right. want to cut from not the same angle to the same angle. So I definitely yeah. know that the second take I want to cut to, let's say, a close up if it right. was a far shot. So it shot doesn't before, all. Hopefully one camera angle. doesn't have all the good shots and the other three shots you are know, lame or something. You know, it usually is, is the opposite. It's not right. so much, I mean, unless the camera's doing extreme things and it goes totally out of 
focus or are away right. from the person. It's usually the person. I find that there's like one line on every single take that oh, okay. the person always looks bad or they're always off sync. Oh, right. Uh, then you don't have that, like that. But at least in but, case of this one, you have a narrative, so maybe you can cover that well, performance. That, well, exactly. So what I with what the narrative. I, so I will go through the whole video and I will do 100%. I'll edit the whole thing as a string out as just a performance string out. Right. And so that I know I have that. But I do right. know that these are all here, 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 and here is right. where this person is weakest. And right. I know that's the first places I'll go. That you're going to drop gonna in that B-roll or narrative yeah. is going to cover yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I usually go for, I try to get, you know, roughly 50% of right. the stuff then covered up. So it's like almost 50-50. Right. But then, you know, depending on the music video, it might be a lot more. It might be 80-20 right. by Well, that was a funny thing. Then I turned into video, and which I think, again, I thought it came out really nice. But then the, the label was like, yeah, we like it, but we want a performance-only version. Right, <laughs> like, right. I so do it without I the girl now. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, then I'm calling you back. We need another edit. Yeah, so, yeah. But it worked but out I good. But I pretty much had you know? that performance edit mostly done. I still right. had to go in and right. play with it because that wasn't the original intention. Right, yeah. to, to make that shine. Right, but I thought it was good that you, like, I know the, the, the budget we were working with on this project is not the best budget you've had that month, but you approached it the way I approached it, where like, hey, if I'm gonna take the job, and especially when I get a good feeling from the, the person I'm working with, I'm just gonna do it right. Mm -hmm. You know, and it was even mm -hmm. a couple things you said, you were like, yeah, I even added this, like one of these like fantasy transitions on one of the flashbacks, and there were just things you did that. Well, well I saw, yeah, you know, I saw you didn't that have you, you should, no, I didn't have to, but you know what, I sometimes, Doing the better job also just makes you happier doing something, right. and that's important. Right. Um, and also, you know, you, well, you shot in this kind of a grainy, gritty kind of a look, and right. so it, it lent itself. Not an original idea. I've never, right. I, you know, I didn't create this, but right. it, it the, that film flashes as transitions, little light flares. Right. Um, because you were, I took the cue from you. You mm -hmm. said. You want it to be film-like, and then there were right. these transitions, and they just seemed to lend themselves towards a filmy, yeah. flashy kind of thing, which was a very '90s right. style. That's right. You but know. you know, I think if you're talking about a rock video, then we have to go back to the '90s because yeah, I don't know if rock even exists anymore. It's unbelievable how how different that landscape is. But I filmed that on that uh, Black Magic Pocket Cinema, which. I personally like a lot, although I am looking forward to the new one coming out in September. I'm sure I'm going to get it. Have mm -hmm. you looked at that at all? Do you I, follow I, stuff like I, that? I, I I do follow it, but I haven't looked at this particular new camera. Yeah. I'm 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 yeah. you're you're a Black Magic fan. I'm yeah. a little bit less so. But, yeah, yeah. Well, you're way more expert at it than me. But I know compared to what I get from like the A6000, or if I use the D810 for video. I like it much better. It definitely feels like a film camera. And it looks to me, I mean, I haven't held the, the 4K version of it, but they lost the small size. That's one thing that we oh, lost. Of the Blackmagic Pocket Correct. Camera. It's yeah, no yeah. longer a pocket camera. It's closer to just kind of a regular camera size, like a D810 or a 5D or something. A little smaller, maybe. But you do gain a lot, a lot, a lot. Things like better battery life, better microphone. You know, built-in microphone and so you ability can actually to do a microphone input now. Whereas yes. before you couldn't. You again, you know. the, the the audio quality in the Blackmagic Pocket Camera is so bad that even how if you put how bad is it? <laughs> this is how bad it is. If you use a Rode mic, let's say you're just trying to do a regular video. I'm just trying to say like, hey, I bought this new camera and here's an unboxing, and you put a Rode mic on the Blackmagic Pocket Cinema. That audio is not good enough. It's not good enough to use. 
even though you've used a Rode microphone, the, whatever yeah, track it's, it's, it's going it's, on it's, to is a well, garbage track. Well, it's like track. the old T2 and T3i uh, Canon cameras, they, right. they didn't have good tracks, or even maybe even later models, I'm not sure, yeah. when they started. I think maybe by the T5 or T6, they started right. having Getting better. a decent track or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's why you're using things yeah. like the Zoom Right, yeah, for the podcast. And, and you know, recorders. and it's funny yeah. because with the podcast, it's been such a struggle to get the audio right. This is the first time in whatever, about a year, that I've gone back to using the Zoom record. I've been using this thing called the Instamic, which is small and very easy to use, but when it's off and when it's recording, it looks exactly the same. Mm. Now, you imagine yeah, this. That like, <laughs> yeah, that's bad. So yeah. if I glance at you and you're wearing that little mic, I can't tell if it's off or recording. Now I can go into the app on the phone and it'll tell me if it's recording. Is this supposed to be, I don't know the mic. Is it a right. on camera, like a clip on mic? It is. A, it's a very small handheld mic. It's, it's about this big, which is useless Tiny, to the people like on audio. It's about, I'll show it to you later, but it's about that big. Yeah. yeah. And, um, it has a lot of nice things about it. But is it supposed to be worn? Yes, you can. You do okay, wear that's it. that's probably yes. why. Probably, yeah. you know, because I have a, a microphone like that. It's a Bluetooth mic from Sony. Right. Um, and it has a glaring little blue LED on it. And then you don't like it when you're and, filming, well, maybe? Yeah, because you have this crazy light right. that, you know, but is on somebody. But this would have worked so. better if they just had a, a light on the back or something, just so you could kind of check it to really be mm, sure it's recording. Yeah, because yeah. if you lose the Bluetooth connection with the phone, there's no way to know if it's recording. I mean, technically, you could push the button one time, but it, it can be confusing. Yeah, so. uh, there's this microphone that I have. Uh, a friend of mine started using them, and it was a pretty cool idea, so I picked up one, and I've used it a lot lately. Right. And, and I don't remember the model number of it, but I but you'll post it later. I'll, right. I'll tell you later, and uh, you'll add it. But um, it's this little tiny, uh, uh, you know, it, it uses a lavalier. It's a little right. lavalier that you put on with a wire, and it goes down right. to this little tiny tiny box right but it's not um a wireless micro it looks like a wireless mic okay but it records inside so you record well that's yeah that. that's what the instamic does it records onto itself it doesn't record onto the phone right right and it has a magnet on the back so you don't have a, a belt piece it's just this little box that has a magnet yeah that's even it. smaller it, than the thing yeah I'm it's a very unique about. yeah it's a very unique product that it's it definitely feels it's worth it i'm glad i bought it i have two of them i do recommend it to people well but it's great as a backup that's, it, what, it that's how very i've good used for it I've, well. I've stuck this place all sorts yeah. of things that okay you know what right. i don't have to worry about worry about a wireless connection i don't have to worry about anything right. I just have to worry about, is it recording That's <laughs> or the is one it thing, Yeah, And I've emailed the guy yeah. who created the Instamic and I've tried to address, you know, he's addressed some of my concerns, but it definitely feels like a first generation product. And um, I'm sure by the next one, they'll get it, you know, right. a little tighter, you know. Yeah, yeah. But one of the things you and I were talking about um, the last time we were just talking off mm -hmm. mic mm -hmm. was about the idea of like having a studio space. Mm -hmm. And I have a studio, I've had it now for over 10 years. And this is really the first time that I'm starting really to think about letting it go. And the hard thing for me is trying to decide how much of my desire to keep it is purely say emotional mm -hmm. versus logical. And I think for yeah. me, it feels like part of my identity. Like when I say to you, I'm a photographer, the, the second or third sentence out of my mouth is like, yeah, and I have a studio on 8th Avenue. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. quick to throw that out there because I know a lot of people don't have a studio rather than saying like, you know, and I'm a humanitarian or I 
tra well, travel, since, uh, photograph yeah, travel uh, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, I've been there and I, I had a two floor studio. It was also a recording studio. So it was, it was right. other It other was other a photo facilities. studio in addition to a recording studio? It, yeah. What it was, else it was, was it? it, was, it, was, it there were two recording <clears throat> studios, two video editing suites, a lounge area. And then on a second floor, half a second floor right. was the shooting space. And it was... Yeah pretty big it was like 50 by 30 or something that's like that that's huge and especially for ceiling. new york yeah, yeah because new york and you have to understand if you're not in new york and you're listening to this like you can go to the the president of some like giant record label or some big book publishing company you go into his office and it's this tiny little thing sometimes, and you're like yeah, yeah. yeah sometimes yeah i mean but, there are but just beautiful also, spaces too uh, yeah. Shooting studios. I mean, I remember when I went to, uh, like the, yeah, well, this has gone dating myself now, right. now that he's no longer doing the show, but it was the David Letterman show. But, you know, okay. those kind of shows. And I was shocked at how yeah. tiny the set was. Right. Right, and then you'll they go to like Virginia to make it look bigger. To, yeah, but then you go to Virginia for something, and it's like everything's huge, you know. So, yeah. but the space you're describing, especially for New York, is, 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 is a nice yeah. size. Yeah. 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 What area were you in with that space? That was 29th Street. All the way near the river. It was between okay, 10th like, and 11th. Avenues. Oh, okay. Yes, you're out there. Yeah, and my yeah. location is actually, say, Yours better is a than that. Because yeah. it's easy to get to from everywhere. But, you know, I was thinking and, you know, I was talking with my wife and, and she said, like, she said, you know, if you just look at the summer, she said, if you take the summers being June, July, and August, three months, she said, if you didn't have the studio, that's like around like $15,000. And she didn't say, that you'd have in your pocket or that we would have, which is probably what she's really thinking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but she said, she said, that's $15,000 you could put into the business differently. And that really made me think. I'm like, what? I said, wow, like $15,000 to put into the business in a three-month period. Like, what could you do with that money? Like, say you rented a studio yeah. a few times, well, even at $1,000 a pop. Like, yeah. five studio rentals still gives you $10,000 that you might have bought gear or advertising or hired talent. Just what could you do for it with $15,000 to invest? Well, if you're not do doing, if you're not having a, a, a base where you can keep all your equipment and just, you know, you walk in the room, your equipment's already set up from the previous day, which is really nice, or, or at least you just have it in a closet. You can pull out anything you want. Right. The thing is that I own like an 18-wheeler truckload of equipment or whatever. Maybe not right. that big. But, um, but you're doing and it And most of it's in storage. Okay. Right. Like and in I, an actual storage space? I have a storage facility, and yeah. I most of it doesn't get... I've, I've really picked out the smallest, tiniest equipment, right. and I have these light stands, and I've made a, a yeah. whole thing out of how do I condense my gear down? How do I keep it light? Yeah, how do I, I keep it if transportable? If I drop this space, I'm definitely not going to put anything in storage. I will strip it to the bare minimum and swap yeah. out like my electric lights for battery-operated lights, right. like the Profoto B2 or the B1s or something. But I don't want to pay storage. Well, also, you're talking, you're a photographer. I'm, I'm talking yeah. filming gear, too. Movie, right. Movie gear, which, you know, is a little it's bit more stuff. It's a lot more stuff, more stuff. yeah. 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 But, but, you know, when she said that, she really got me thinking, like, wow, like, that's a lot of money that you could put in if you chose to put it back into the business rather than the family or other yeah. things. But it really got me thinking, and I'm, like, my mind has been racing with this idea of, like, do I really need the space? And, and you mentioned having all the gear, how cool that is. And I think one of the things I like best about it is that, you know, you get to kind of create your own world when you have your own space. Yeah. Like for me, you know, we have the TV and it plays music videos because I like music video and it fits the mood of the way I shoot. And I try to keep the space as uncluttered as possible because I just don't like clutter. I like things very stripped down. And it is nice when you can kind of create your own world rather than 
you know, maybe you rent a place and they've got this giant couch and you're like, why is this thing here or whatever? But Yeah, um, yeah. well, there's there's definitely a difference. I, I think of it the same as car rental. I, I For a little while, I had a, I'm, you know, we're in New York City. It's not right. easy to keep a car. And right. I had a car for a while and it was great. I could go places and do things. But right. then I sat down one day and I thought, well, you know what? For the price I'm paying to maintain this car... I could do, I don't know how many car rentals across the year, and maybe 12 times? or 15, not that many, Uber but more than enough that I needed. Insurance is so high in New York. Parking in New York, you're going to pay $40 anywhere you park now for two hours. You can just Uber everywhere and probably, especially since you I actually do. live in Manhattan. Well, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm basically Ubering right. to shoots. And, and it's cheaper. And, and I look at it, the way I've been trying to frame the studio thing, if I do to drop it, has been... I have this idea in my head about vacation. One of the most interesting things about vacation to me is like, you're dying to go. You book this ticket. Not really me, because to be honest, I could do without any vacations, but mm-hmm. let's just talk most people or my wife at least. <laughs> when when you're going to go to vacation and you buy the ticket, it's like this big exciting thing. You're counting the days. Oh, we get to go on vacation in three months yeah. or whatever. You're excited. You can't wait to get there. But no matter how great that place is after four days, you can't wait to get home. Because they're both great. The vacation's great, and your home is so great. So I'm trying to think like to myself, I go, well, maybe it would be like where I have this studio, and it really is a great thing. I love being able to say to people like, like if we're trying to have a meeting or something, or like this podcast, I'm like, I hey, just come to my studio and do it. Yeah. It's easy for me to schedule because it's mine. How great that is, but how great it would also be to have a, a lot of money in the bank that's not earmarked. To somebody else's yeah. rent Well, or the difference in mentality, whatever. having had a big studio and having now, right. you know, doing it the other way, is that every single, when you have your own place, you just say, hey, I'm going to spend the day doing something. Let's build a set here. Let's make something. Right. Let's do it. And it's like, it's a given. Whereas if you have to rent a space and you're right. saying, oh, I'm going to have to pay $500 for this day to right. do this, is it worth it? Everything right. becomes a matter of right. is it you're worth more, it? You, might, you could make yourself be – if you do it right, you could make yourself more focused. and not Because, yeah, because sometimes I will, I'll be doing something in here that's not that productive. Like it's, it's kind of like a, a poorly put-together test shoot. You know, mm-hmm. it's just some random model with a random concept and half a team. But if you were paying, like you're saying, this individual fee, you knew you were going to book Thursday at $500 in a studio in the city – you're not gonna half-ass do it. Yeah, there's, but that, that's there's a, you, you saw the good in it, and right. which is keeping you focused, which I guess is definitely there. Right. There's also the bad in it that you know you, you don't let yourself experiment as much, and you don't do as many yeah. fun projects as because you, everything has a dollar amount to right. it, much right. more. Even though technically it does, if you're renting by the month it and still spending does, but five thousand dollars on your rent, for, yeah, your yeah. mentality is very different. Yeah, like like if you have yeah. a car, you're not thinking every time you take the car what it costs. Right. You're just like, I have a car and that money every month it comes out right. and, and when you have to pay for a rental of a car suddenly it's like oh does it do i really want to spend a hundred dollars to go to the beach right right and is it worth it but yeah. i think again for me is really trying to figure out like how much of my reluctance to let it go is purely just you know what i mean personal yes. or passion yes. and yes. not being a little bit more logical and for my wife who's obviously not me it's so much easier for her to be illogical and just say like Hey, you don't really need that space. She said, and the way she framed it was so funny. She, it was the first time we ever talked about this in all these years, though, me and her. And she said, like, it's, she, she said to me, it was funny. She's saying, like, your studio is no more your studio than the place you rent on a, da- on a daily. Because it's still not yours. No matter how much you pay in that rent, at the end of that 
five, ten years of having this space, you don't own it. It's not well, yours. Well, that's like saying an apartment rental. You know? I mean, if you fashion it the way you want right. it and you're, it's your living space, right. it is your for space. For that moment, for that time I mean, period at least. Well, but, you know, yeah. hey, we're on this earth until a certain time yeah. too. So, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, think, I think if you make it your own, it's your, it is yours. Yeah. Yeah, Again, certainly more than, like I said, if you go into this space and it doesn't feel right to you because they don't have a TV right. or they don't have, they've got that couch in the way or something. They painted it blue instead of white or whatever, how you would do it. Yeah, but but it just was an interesting way she framed that she's just going like, like that space isn't yours either, though, like in terms of owning it. It's mm -hmm. not yours. It's just another rental. So what difference does it make? So I've been thinking about it, but it's a, it's a really hard mental process for me. And I think... Uh, It'll be hard to say to someone if I do choose to let it go and I'm like, hi, I'm a photographer. And then I don't know what that second sentence is supposed to yeah. be. Well, uh, <laughs> part, of the part of the reason that I let my place go, because it was running, it was active. Mm -hmm. I'm sure like your place. So right. it, it was not a matter of um, business was bad or anything like that. It was a matter of that I actually wanted to go out and make my first feature film. And my original thing was I thought, wow, I'm going to have this studio and I'm going to be able to make my feature film because right. out of my facility and all this kind of stuff. And the reality was like, no, I had to go out on, on location, location and I had to do other things. Yeah. And, I, and could I really take off for six months? And, and yeah. you know, the place won't run itself without right. me running it. And, right. and it's almost you know, crippling you because it's tying you to it there started, yeah, you can't yeah, go was, out. And I thought, and okay, I'll it. get another place at, the, at a time when yeah. it made sense. And I almost did that. Mm -hmm. uh, a few years ago, and then right. it didn't, you know, then it, that, actually the, uh, more than a few years ago, we're talking about uh, when just before the crash happened. Oh, okay. Uh, so that's quite a long time ago now. But, yeah. um, mm -hmm. and I'm so glad because I almost got this space uh, right. almost in this neighborhood uh, right. where we are now. And I was looking at spaces, you know, between like five to $8,000 a month. That's and a yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, well, I was going to sub out some of the $8,000 spaces if, right. if I did that. But, um, the and I was so glad I didn't because just a few months later, mm -hmm. uh, I hadn't signed a contract yet, and right. the whole financial crash happened, yeah, and yeah. I would have been screwed if I did. So if I was you're like, stuck oh, with so like years on a lease yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then then, yeah. then and since then, you know, just a lot of my business is me going out. It didn't doesn't make sense for me to yeah. maintain a space because how often do I do studio shoots? Right. In there. Yeah. Every now and then I will yeah. look at the end of the month and I'm like, man, I did more stuff outside than here. Yeah. But again, I do like having it. So I don't know. It's something I really yeah. have to um really have to figure out, you know. But um, in just terms of um, another thing, um, you're doing both stills and video, yeah. right? What are some of the different challenges you find in, say, trying to market those things? What, what's different about it to you in terms of the way you try to get work as a filmmaker versus a photographer? I'm thinking on that one. Uh, marketing in general right now, I think for either is extremely difficult. I, I'm, the things that are coming to my head aren't so much the differences, but the similarities. Because uh, we are in an age where people are shooting both of those on their phones. So everybody says, hey, I have great pictures. I just took all these pictures at this party last night and, and they look fantastic. What do I need a photographer for? Right. You know, and same thing with video now. You know, it's photography had happened first. Yeah. And in the and now that's moving now to video. it's moved into video mm -hmm. where it is very hard to make people understand that there is a difference in, right. you know, if I walk in with my you know, I'm just going to talk gear now. Of course, right. it's 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 skill level too. Mm -hmm. But when I walk in with my twenty thousand dollar whatever you know camera yeah. rig, 
yeah, it does do something different right. than those other cameras. But I, I have long lenses. I, you know. When I'll try to hire a guy like at a embarrassingly low rate, but I'll put something up on Craigslist really low, and I'll say to someone, I just need you to do some BTS footage, mm -hmm. like two hours, and I'm looking at it like if the person can nail it, there will be better paid work down the line, but the first time I'm hiring you off Craigslist, it is going to be super low in terms of this BTS, talking like $80 or something, but I'm saying I just need you to come in for like two hours. You can even use my camera if you'd like. like I'll even give you the gear. I really just need you to kind of hold the camera. I'll even help you create the shots. I'll even set up some stuff that I need. I just need some stuff that I can throw on Instagram later. Really simple. And guys will come here with like GH5 or whatever, all this stuff that's pretty good and just have, don't have the slightest idea how to create a decent video. Yeah. It's shocking well, to well, me. It's, it's that, that comes down to it's not gear, it's skill. But the thing yeah. is that um, the market, you're talking about marketing, you asked me a question about right. that. And the problem is that the people who are purchasing very often don't know the difference between gear and skill. They just say, I need an editor. But right. they don't even say, I need an editor. They say, I need somebody that knows Final Cut. <laughs> right. You know, which means, okay, right. you can learn a program, but doesn't mean right. that you're an artist who makes good choices. Right. And unfortunately, there has been a shift from 15 years ago or more where a lot of the buyers don't understand the craft mm -hmm. and they just figure it's a push button job. Right. Um, and unfortunately, same thing has now become with cameras mm -hmm. because they figure, well, I take pictures on a phone, somebody else will be able to take pictures on, right. a, you know, on their camera, you know, and it's yeah. sort of a given and there's always, and it's, a, it's, it's a rush to the bottom of, you know, cheaper, cheaper, cheaper. Yeah, a lot of times. Yeah. And it, it is amazing how, low the skill level can yeah. be at times that you come across. I, I, like, but here, and in, in a way, you're almost competing against that sometimes. Like you said, yeah. if their question is, what gear are you using? It, it's, it's ridiculous that they're yeah. not seeing beyond that. The best, the best way to, to market yourself, I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, in terms right. of your question still, right. um, is to be really good. Meaning, mm -hmm. if you fight at the bottom level, if you're doing a little, you know, just cursory work, good enough for everything, then you're going to be competing with somebody. There's always somebody $10 cheaper, $50 yeah. cheaper, $500 yeah. cheaper. There's yeah. always going to be somebody cheaper than you. And if they're showing pretty much the same stuff you're showing, then right. they might as well hire the cheaper right. person. So what you right. need to show is um, the best work possible mm -hmm. and also potentially a style. You know, if somebody, if you have a certain, like, you know, let's say the, the woman who takes pictures of the little kids and the dogs and right. it's, you know, with the, and it's colorized, uh, you know, right. it's like, okay, it's whatever. Maybe you think it's hokey. Maybe you don't think it's hokey. Whatever right. you like it or don't like about it. Mm -hmm. When somebody says, I want a picture of kids and dogs, they're right. gonna, and, and you, they have the opportunity to hire that woman that shoots those shots, they're gonna right. go with that woman because they right. say, wow, I right. know. There's you know. a vision that she yeah. has that's coming through in the work. Yeah, right. so having um, some yeah. specific style, I, 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 I you know, don't always do that myself because I work on lots and lots of projects, so right. I like to fit a style, which means I right. don't always present one style. Yeah. But right, it might not be your style. We talked about this last week, ironically yeah. enough. But when you're on the near echoing exactly what we talked about last week with um, a different guest, how the idea of when you're working that job, you might not get a chance to show your style really. You get some degree, but to a lot, some degree, you're not because there's a parameter that that job well, needs. Yeah. And, and I enjoy playing right. with other styles. Right. And, uh, you know, that's, that's... Right. But you do need a place where you can film your own thing and really show your style is what I would think. 
You follow? Like, you put your stamp on that video I did, but had you made the video, it would be a different video. So, oh, well, yeah, for sure. But, but, but you see, I mashed into your style and I had right. fun doing it. Yeah. You know, and, and it, stretches that, it stretches my abilities right. by working with other people. And it's right. a game to say, hey, what would right. this person like? And what, what, what can I right. do to make, take it further than right. they even thought about themselves or whatever? It's a right. fun game to play. I've looked at like that on test shoots sometimes where I've got a team and I have a hair person and a makeup person and a fashion stylist. And again, it's a test shoot, so there's really nothing at stake. And I'll say to one of them, hey, why don't you pose her? And the way they pose the model will be different than what I would have done. But once that pose works, it gets added to my mental library of poses because now I know that is a pose that I like and I would not mm -hmm. have thought of it. Mm -hmm. The hair person thought of it. You know, The hairstylist thought of it. So sometimes for me, letting go of that control allows me to, like you're saying, tap into the yeah. other person's creativity, and then I get to add that Well, there, there's, a, there's some do. kind of like an old joke. I don't know if it's really a joke or a tale or whatever, but, you know, a little kid is on, the, on a film set and, right. uh, and, and, you know, shown around, and, oh, what do you do? Well, I'm the costume designer. I, you know, make the costumes and make people right. blah, 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 and I'm, I'm the lighting designer, and I do this. I'm right. the camera operator or the camera person who, who right. frames the shot and decides on, you know, I'm, you know right. and then finally comes to the director, and what do you do? Well, I don't don't really do anything. I kind of <laughs> yeah. just tell people if I like what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. And then tell people yes yeah. or no. Like you yeah. mentioned working on all these music videos, but I've been the still photographer at, I mean, somewhere between like 75 and 100 music videos. And I wasn't part of the crew, so to speak, because it was this weird area. I'm hired by the record label. You're not really part of the film production crew, whatever. But I remember when I first would start going to the videos, I always thought the AD was the director because that was the person telling everybody, telling everybody what to yeah, do. Yeah. And I, I remember like one of the earliest videos I, I took pictures at was uh, Busta Rhymes, Put Your Hands Where My Eyes Can See, whatever year that video was. And I'm saying to the AD, like, oh, we have to definitely get a picture of you because the label is going to want a photo of you. And I'm yeah, thinking yeah. he's the director, but because he's the guy that's yelling, get this, do this, do that. And I have no idea that the director is exactly what you're saying in a joke. He might be that guy who's just in the cut. You barely even know he's there. I mean, his control is evident if you know how to see it. Well, the assistant but, director, the AD, is, is going up and saying, do you like this or do you whatever? Correct, or, you know, and then, right. And, but know. that AD, he's the guy that's cracking the whip that to the untrained eye like mine was at that time. You think that's the director. But the, the last thing the director is doing is like screaming, you know, bring a gel or whatever or hurry up lunches in 20 minutes. We got to get the shot. That's not what the director's doing at all. That's the, you know, that first AD. The director's just chilling. Well, on a, you know. on a big enough set. That on a, that yeah, on a real set, yeah. Like, yeah. that video was a three-day video, and on one of the days, they had an elephant. So that was, you know, that's in the music video days when they were. Yeah. It wasn't just some guy with a 5D Mark II. This was, like, the real days. With the, well, the biggest the biggest shift know. in 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 music videos, just to yeah. go on to that topic for a yeah. second, is, is when it shifted from film to digital. Because yeah. when it was film... The minimum you could spend was two or three thousand dollars, but you really right. more like four or five thousand right. dollars on film stock and developing. Right. So you would only hire, you know, it elevated the whole production because there was some yeah. money at stake to begin with, and then you would pay the crew, and it would be like ten thousand right. or twenty thousand mm dollars, -hmm. you know. 
And as soon as you could shoot for free on a DSLR, then you yeah. started shooting for free and right, then brought everything right. down. Yeah, the quality real for a long time, it went back up eventually, yes, but did. for a, a very fun. long time, there was a period of a few years where videos were just garbage. They didn't look like those Hype Williams cinematic videos with the rich color and the really nice slow motion. And then now you just see like way too much slow motion in the videos <laughs> I look at at least. Just hey, it makes it, there's, there's certain yeah. tricks that'll make, you know, yeah. I have my toolkit of my bag of tricks. You right. have yours. Everybody has their different bag of tricks. Right. A lot of our tricks are maybe crossed over between us. Right. And there are certain things you know in a pinch it'll always work. Right. Throw on the slow mo, right. get these right. like uh, shots, yeah. and they yeah. you know, and, and very often they can look beautiful. Um, yeah. Make soft focus, make it shallow focus. Right. It always yeah, the little it tricks. always looks beautiful. For me, the thing for me, the I don't know if you'd call this a trick, but um, I've probably done I don't know maybe around ten music videos, but they've all been very small we're talking like a two-person production or three me and two assistants mm -hmm. so very small level nothing really big but for me the hardest thing is always to fill the time I always feel like I'm repeating the same shot too many times mm -hmm. so the number one thing for me is the shorter the song the better oh yeah and the few times I've had any influence over the artist let's do some Beatles songs yeah yeah right just give me like the, give me Ramones you know but oh, I'm yeah, always yeah. saying to the artist like get me something that's under three minutes or get me like two yeah. and a half minutes oh I've asked people know. for like a shorter video ed uh, edit right. of the songs most yeah. of the time, they don't want to do that. Right. But you know, I've I've yeah. said, hey, that's a whole other minute. Right. Yeah, of, but when you edit, of entertainment, you, you have that. to create. Yeah, and you understand, ten seconds is a long time. Yeah. And if you filmed the guy on the staircase and the roof and in the car, and you just have those three shots, and you just keep going back to them over and over. Yeah. You're feeling like this is so repetitive. Yeah. Just like in a song, you, yeah. you, you go, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, but you need at some point to have something new. So you have a bridge. Yeah. You know, same yeah. thing in a music video. Of course, you, right. you're following the bridge, of, of, you know, but do you cut right. visually to something new? Is there something to hold right. the attention? I find most music videos pretty boring. I mean, yeah. I can fast forward to, you know, the, right. I think music videos should usually be about a minute, 90 seconds. Oh, no, no, like no I like it when we hear. But most of them aren't holding like, your attention. That's what yeah. I mean, or not holding my attention. Right. I like them when we're doing hair and makeup. I have them playing on the uh, TV back there from Vivo and it's like so instead of playing music we're playing the music video and I like to just kind of mm -hmm. glance up and see something so I think it helps kill the time for um, hair and makeup but um, anything you're working on right now anything like that you're like say in the middle of uh, well, <laughs> I mean, so many different things going on at the same time, mm -hmm. because I mean, I just finished up a series of uh, tutorials on animation, but it was a hired project. It was this like whole series. You were Instead editing of, it, you mean? Well, you it was were, this interesting thing that this guy, oh, okay. yeah, I was, well, all production. It was, so a production okay. company hired me to do the rest of the production, soup to okay. nuts. But it's really simple. It was just mm -hmm. this guy in a studio uh, teaching 3D, and he's worked at Pixar, and okay. it's this whole tutorial series. But we had oh, to do this cool. and all this animation for it, and all this kind of right. stuff. I, I'm shooting a, a, a mafia web series, but it's it's all these mafia guys, and you know all the shootouts and all cool. the things you would expect from a mafia film. Right. Um, what else is going on? I I just. Work, I'm working on Spamalot. There's going to be a new national tour of, okay. of Spamalot, the musical, and I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm doing. We're in pre-production on some of that. Right. I worked on Spamalot about whatever six or seven years ago That's when it was good. out That's the good. first you tour. That's good. get the gig like that, right? Yeah. That's so good. the producers come back to me. I do a lot of Broadway right. stuff because we're in New York, and I, and right. you know, um, lot, so I work with a lot of Broadway shows and a lot of theatrical live cool. things. Right. Um, gearing up to do my own feature film, which I can't oh, okay. talk about on this oh, podcast really? yet. Oh, cool, cool, but cool. other than saying it's a comedy zombie 
thing. But oh, with, really? With, but with really? a twist that makes it yeah. definitely different than what you've yeah. seen. Well, sometimes so The Walking Dead is actually so bad it becomes a comedy. So yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. you're gonna you might be competing with that comedy because every now and then they kind of screw it up and it's funny. So yeah, so you know the, when they don't really get it right. You know? Oh yeah, well, you know that's that, that's actually part of in this early stage of working on this project, which I'm yeah. trying to, you know, if you make something sometimes in that genre too good, then right. it's boring. Right. So you have to find that fine line of yeah. quirkiness. Yeah, comedy yeah. would be hard for me. I think I'm really not that fun. I'm not that funny, <laughs> and I don't think I could ever. I like a good comedy, but I don't. Well, think do I you could know the difference between drama that, and comedy? The laugh track. Dra dra drama is where you fall on your ass. Right. Uh, comedy is where somebody else falls on their okay. ass. Okay, <laughs> there you go. That actually makes so, sense. You know. That makes sense. Well, that's good, though. Well, definitely wish you best of luck. And I have to thank, thank you, you for, like, adjusting the mics. It's so funny because, oh. I, I again, I told you I went back to using the Zoom H5 recorder with these Audio-Technica mics. They're these very large mics. But the weird thing is, is... When they explained to me how to position them, they were saying you talk on one side of it as opposed to the way I would think you talk into it. And this isn't going to make sense if you're not looking at the YouTube, but I always had them like horizontal and they always just seemed so... Up like this. Yeah, this like... This was twisted on the side. Or, yeah, and yeah. if you just look at an old episode, if you're watching a YouTube version of this, you'll see it in any episode prior to this one. But it's just so funny to me. And then you came in and I mentioned to you that they said to talk into one side of it. And then you're like... Well, I tell well, you, well, I, I, own like this. I own a recording studio. So I look <laughs> yeah. at these mics and I'm like, oh, that wait a second. Yeah, you're like, yeah. well, then it goes like yeah. this. And it just yeah. looks so much better now. And it just, to my brain, it seems to make so much more sense and it makes me laugh that like that didn't occur to me but there's times with photography though I'm on that other side of it and I'm seeing someone holding a camera yeah, a certain way yeah, and I'm yeah. just going like why is this print I'm you know I just want to run over to them and go it goes like this you know so yeah, yeah. that was funny to have somebody come and do this because I like this way better than what I was doing with them so oh, thank you for that and thank you for the excellent job it. on the video and We'll get you back when you get this feature film done. Yes, all right. thank you. We'll go check we'll it out that. in the theater, and hopefully it's uh, 3D and all that cool stuff. All right? Okay. All right, so uh, where do we find you on, like, Instagram or whatever platform you like best? Where, what is that? <laughs> the platform I like best is my company website, imagefactory.tv. Got imagefactory.tv. Yeah. Cool. All right. And for me, of course, people probably know already. It's um, Instagram is the one I think the best place to find me. It's John Ricard, J-O-H-N-R-I-C-A-R-D. Although I've barely posted anything in about a month. And I don't want to do a whole Instagram thing because I run out of time. But I, I've just been struggling with what I think I'm going to do with Instagram now is kind of go back to just doing what I want to do with it and stop trying to make sense on Instagram. Because if I pay attention to my follower count or my likes or the comments, mm -hmm. whether I do what I want to do on Instagram or do what I think I'm supposed to do on Instagram based on everything I've read or from what I see successful accounts do, my result is exactly the same. Nothing changes for me if I quote do it right versus if I just do it the way I want to do it. So I think I'm going to go back to just doing Instagram the way I would like to do it. Which Well, if you enjoy it more yourself then it'll probably be more successful. I think I would enjoy it more if it were successful to me. I think because of, because of who, now let's put it this way. If Instagram stayed a platform where we're supposed to go to look at pretty pictures, then I would enjoy posting there. 
But as Instagram has kind of grown beyond that to where mm -hmm. a lot of it is about the, the, the daily story that you're putting up with the story part of Instagram that gets deleted in a day. A lot of it is kind of like these blogger things that are more about the fashion than the photography. Nothing wrong with any of these things. It's a great platform. But I think for me, I would enjoy well, it more. Well, I don't think everybody is into the fashion. I think people that are into right. fashion are into fashion, but other right, people but, are into other things. But I, but what I'm saying is in my mind, in my mind, again, not saying I'm right. This is just how, how I look at it. In my mind, Instagram started off as a daily diary and the quality of the images was not important. It was about the daily diary that you were kind of going. So you could post 10 times on Instagram in a day. Hey, I'm on my way to the store. I'm at the store. I bought this cookie. I'm on my way home. I'm going to sleep. Bam, all these different pictures. And then- I thought they used to call that Twitter. Or Facebook. No, no, not really. <laughs> no, because Twitter was never about the visual. Twitter from day one was okay. just yeah, the but words. I'm, but I'm, you but know, you I'm, could I'm have said that, correct. correct. Right, you could yeah. have done that um, verbally on Twitter. Okay, so then Instagram, this is all in my head at least. Then yeah. Instagram changed to where people started using DSLRs. In the beginning, it was considered cheating. It was like deceptive because you were putting up a DSLR picture instead of a phone picture, and they wanted you to tag it, not iPhone and all of this stuff. It was yeah. only iPhone in the beginning. Yeah. So... When more and more people went over to the DSLR thing, then it largely became about good photography. Photographers jumped on and everyone was trying to post good photographs on Instagram. Mm -hmm. It wasn't about how many you could post in a day and people didn't want to put a bad photo of them on the way to the concert. They wanted to get a good photograph of the concert or them at the concert. I don't think that even lasted two years until the story aspect came back to Instagram in the form of stories, mm -hmm. where now Instagram is saying, hey, do a daily video, and you can do like 25 of these videos if you want, they're gonna be 10 seconds long. No one cares about the quality of the video, it's about the story. I'm on my way to the concert, we're late, we can't find a ticket, you know, we're at the concert, we're yep. enjoying it, we're on the way home, we're getting a burger, whatever. So. It became about the story, and then again, it expanded even more to where, to me, the fashion people really reshaped Instagram to where, to me, Instagram is probably best if you're into fashion, that you can go look and see people who are wearing different clothing every day. They tell you where they bought it, how they put the outfit together. But again, it's not about the photography. It's about the fashion. So I think for me, I would enjoy Instagram more if it were a place that we were supposed to go to look at pretty pictures. And I don't think that's what Instagram is, especially now that they've added the chat feature. They're about a month away. That's what I just read the other day from adding the ability to purchase things in Instagram, not a link that gets you back to say Safari on an iPhone, but in Instagram, you will be putting your credit card into Instagram and you can make that purchase in Instagram. So as you have the chat, the stories, and the uh, influx of fashion and the ability to buy something directly on Instagram, I don't think it's going to be a place necessarily to go look at pretty pictures. I think that you need so, to incorporate um, those pretty pictures right. into a context. And I, I, I think right. you have to find a context for those pretty pictures because pretty pictures just by themselves, mm. you know, it's hard to find one that you like and it's just very yeah, random. But, I was fine but with if that. there's but if there's a thread like you know. I mean like okay uh, you know everybody talks about and it's a common one humans in New York isn't right. oh you know it wasn't always about the pretty pictures of course but there was right. there was a certain thread a, just even if it's a thin thread right. that if people know that they go to John 
right. your stuff. You have right. a you, know, you can have multiple Instagram things, whatever. Which but, I do. But, I have four accounts. Yeah, but you you have crazy. you have a thread that's about not it's about pretty pictures, but it's right. also pretty pictures in New York, and it's pretty right. pictures in New York about twenty somethings. Yeah, you know, but you or see, whatever. But, this, but if you if you if you right. if you hone it down, it's right. like the haiku of Instagram right. we're talking about. But, you know, but, make but it the, it smaller, but the which also is, makes it bigger at the same time. But see, for me, my my issue with Instagram, and I don't want to come across too negative in this, and I talked about this in a recent episode. I call these accounts never-ending editorials, mm -hmm. and I kind of coined that term, and I haven't seen anyone else talk about this yet, this idea. But my issue is that, like, I feel I am, in a way, you could label me as a narrow photographer, because I only photograph people. I don't photograph things. Things just don't interest me. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter what Grand Canyon I'm looking at. It doesn't really inspire me to take a photo or post a photo. I like photographing people. So, for me, that's the narrowness for me. But is it's that, still a person in the Grand Canyon. But it would be a picture of a person and not so much of the Grand Canyon would even be that mm -hmm. visible. I don't even really want that context. I'm thinking of the emotion and what the person looks like and things oh, so like then that. You, you know what? You should just shoot in a studio then. Oh, that would be easy. It's a good thing go. you have I need one. one on 8th Avenue and 38th <laughs> Street. <laughs> but, but, but here's the thing is that, so for me, that's my idea of being narrow is that I photograph people. But the thing is I photograph a very wide variety of people. I'm going to photograph, ex I photograph executives and rappers and models and different races and different ages, different ethnicities, all of these things. But what I find on Instagram, and this is where I say when I try to follow what I think you're supposed to do on Instagram, it doesn't actually work for me. And what I find on Instagram is things become very narrow. So, and I don't follow Humans of New York, and I've only glanced at it, but I'm very mm -hmm. familiar with it. But you'll have a, again, this may not, let me just forget that I mentioned Humans of New York, but you'll find accounts where the, the narrowness is so narrow that the approach is the same. So like the color well, palette right. of every single image has the same color palette. Yeah, yeah. I've seen tutorials that say like, here's how to give your Instagram feed a consistent color palette. And I'm asking a question, why? Why would I want to? Yeah. Why do I? Uh, so, uh, so I call this like an editorial. Editorial used to be six to eight pages. Mm -hmm. Now it's your entire feed is a never-ending editorial. It looks like one photo shoot where you essentially yeah, photograph. And, and there are the <laughs> artists that really can, they embrace one thing and they really just keep doing that one thing. They just, I just take... Italian people walking around right. with bread bread in their arms, right. and, those and they'll do it for like sixty years. And, but and but on Instagram, those accounts are tremendously successful. Whereas yeah. I look at and you may not know him, but there's a photographer named Jeremy Coward who I think has a phenomenal Instagram, and there is virtually no consistency in it except pictures are all great. But mm -hmm. we've got his kids, we've got black and white, we've got celebrities, we've got personal shots. It's very wide, and for me, it works. But I see a lot of accounts that are the same subject photographed in the same way. Someone's using literally the same lens for everything they shoot, mm -hmm. photographing at the same distance. So they well, the bottom line is that bores you. But think of think of a composer. Um, right. Let's you know working on a particular show. Now you, they might work on that show for. I'm talking about a Broadway show and, you know, whatever. Right. Richard Rodgers and Hammerstein or whatever, right. whatever it is. They're working on Oklahoma for however right. many years they had to work on it, and they put this show together and all the, you know, thing. That's being consistent to Oklahoma or whatever right. show we're talking about. Could be Mean Girls this year. Right. But, um, you know, or, or let's say it is is Mean Girls, you know, like working right. on Mean Girls and all the right. work that went into scripting and putting it together. Right. And, uh, 
that is a project. Now, it doesn't mean that the creator can't turn around and do a completely different project with right. completely different music. But when and I'm completely, looking at their but, Instagram, but that, but that, yeah, they're yeah, not but, doing, some, a lot of people aren't doing well, that. Well, that's, but I'm talking about you and you what know. you can do and what Correct. our listeners maybe can do right. is don't think that you have to limit all of your work. You right. can do anything you want, but think of that particular channel as a project where you do some form of some kind of consistent work right. on that particular channel, and then you, right. you go someplace else for doing other work. Right. Well, for me, the consistent channel for me would be that I'm photographing people would be the, the consistent right. channel. But like, for example, the last, like, say, three months, my Instagram has been basically only models and then a few family pictures, kind of like a 90-10 ratio or 80-20, 80% models, about 20% family. And that's what it's been, and it hasn't been things that are not models. But again, I'm a thick, but it, when I try to be consistent like that, and I'm only being consistent because I've seen other people do it on Instagram, and it seems to work for them. And these accounts that I called never-ending editorials on a recent episode, they're far more successful than I am on Instagram, and the approach is super narrow. It's not like, oh, I photograph models. It's, I photograph models, in the studio using essentially the same lighting and the same lens and the same type of model. Yeah. And, and, and if somebody, I can't and, well, it. and then you have to yeah. think of the really the end game because, you know, bottom line here, the end game is not to get a lot of Instagram followers. I thought that and, was the end game. Well, no, because what <laughs> is, is there it, a different what, one? What, what's the end game? Yeah, because that is an end game. End game. Right. Where does it really get you? Oh, nowhere. I mean, a, a lot of those, yeah. yeah, a lot of those followers are bullshit anyway, yeah, and, right. and yeah. they're not really following you. They just tagged and then they walked yeah. away or they didn't really, you know. You know it's, it's what does it get you later? Right. Does it get you jobs, for right. example, if that's no. what you want? Does for it get you into galleries? Part. Does and it get you, what do you want as, a, as an artist yeah. ultimately? Ultimately, yeah. it's not just Instagram. Yeah. Most people, no, absolutely. Most people, um, well, in my particular case, to answer that question, that the problem with most, uh, not again, with a lot of people, is that they don't have anything they're actually trying to sell. So getting the increase in followers really doesn't do them any good. Like you said, it's just your, your ego. Oh, more people are looking at your work. But there's no end game because there's nothing that they're trying to sell. And I see it with models all the time. They've got a ton of followers. And there is zero attempt by that model to monetize that following. They have no idea how to do it. They have nothing that they can sell to the followers. Right. It's, a, it's looking at a bigger picture. Also, right. another thing to look at with Facebook followers, Twitter right. followers, Instagram followers, I'm not right. as familiar with exactly the right. situation, but the bottom line also is don't look at just followers right. or just like on Facebook page. You don't look at likes. What you have to look at is interactions. Correct. Who are the um, people that are following and interacting? Well, and what be, is the quality yeah, because, of the interaction? Because if, if somebody's right. following, but you know, each one is getting zero likes or one like, I'm, I'm going right. back to the Facebook metaphor. Right. Um, what that tells you is right. that people aren't really actually, you know, and, right. and then on top of that, right. you actually, and this is, this is bottom line. You have right. to ask yourself, are these fake followers? Right. Because you can go purchase right. oh, 80,000 yeah, yeah, yeah. followers and it right. looks like, wow, that person's yeah. really doing good to so the casual observer. If someone, you don't see, well, I'm just right. going to finish. Yeah. If you don't see the interactions, right. then probably those 80,000 followers are fake. Right. Yeah. If there are no comments and they have, and the ratio is all screwy in terms of how many they're following versus who's following them. And if you're kind of making this judgment that the work's not that interesting, you're going, well, how would they have this many followers when the work doesn't seem to 
be something that that many people would be interested in and there's no interaction. Well, yet. that you never know because, yeah. you know, people are interested in all sorts of wacky things. It is or, hard to judge know, sometimes. Yeah. But some accounts you look at, you go, no way all these people are following this. But I had someone in the studio of Sunday and we were talking about Instagram. And I said, well, let me, I was trying to talk to her about the bio. And it was just a simple tip I was trying to give her, which is, you should be using every word you get for the bio. There's no way your bio should be shorter than what you're allowed. If you think about it, they're mm -hmm. only giving you however many words. It's like yeah. Twitter. If you have all this extra words you didn't use, you're just saying that there's not that much to say about you. You should be trying to find how can I fit all of these amazing things about me in this little bio space that they give me? Well, you know, right? I, I, traditionally I would say completely yes, but right. I don't think that that necessarily is true. For but imagine everybody. if you're just saying like, like four or five words and you left all these other words on the table well, that you could have communicated. Yes, like, that, 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 and then like, sometimes people do well without, with a mystery or whatever. They might, but yeah. overall, or as their a work general speaks rule, for itself. Yeah, but as a general rule, I would definitely say to you, like, utilize all the space of the bio and try to communicate, like, you might communicate your location, what you do, a little bit of yeah. personal information or a hobby. Well, like, espe well, especially if you want to take it further. Right. You know, once again, if, if, if all you want is Instagram followers and you right. have some interesting stuff that's up there right. and it's hashtag, you know, and it gets people going, right. then, it, then you could have no bio because people aren't right. looking at the bio. Most right. of the time, people don't ever look at the right. bio. Right, unless hopefully the, something resonated if with the work. If they want to then take it further and see your website, you or or do, yeah, Correct. then They're you should definitely it. put something yeah. on the bio. But the funny thing is, so this particular woman, so the first thing I looked at the account and I said, well, your bio is too short. You're wasting all these words. And I noticed it was private. I said, well, why is it private? I forget now. I, I mean, this was yesterday. I swear. I can't even remember what her field was, but I swear I can't remember this now. But she, um, it was private. I said, you know, you really should make it public unless there's something on there that can't go out. And she said, oh, I didn't even realize it was private. How do I make it public? We looked through. I found the button. I said, click it. Within, I'm dead serious, within about three or four minutes, she had about 20 new followers. That just popped up. And then you said, public. damn, I hate her. <laughs> but it was all fake. Because as we look oh. at them, I go, because she's saying, what is going on? I guess the notifications are on automatic. All yeah. these things are buzzing. The phone's going crazy. I go, well, let's look at them. And then you're looking and it's fake accounts that have. Oh, like, they're just. They're following. They've got to. three pictures, but they're following 2,000 people and they have no followers. And. The yeah. names are all goofy. Well, that is the other whole thing on so Instagram. There's, a lot, there's a lot of people yeah. that, you know, people just go follow, 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 you know, because yeah. they're just trying to then get somebody to follow them. To follow them, them and then they unfollow. Yeah, it's, 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 oh, it's such it's, a mess. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's But the latest for me, ridiculous. again, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to drop what I've been doing, which is trying to be a little bit more narrow, saying, well, I'm going to just kind of leave it models and instead just kind of do what I want to do with it because I find when I do try to follow the things that, seems like what I'm supposed to do, which is make the content more narrow, it doesn't change anything for me. I don't get any more followers or any more interaction or any more likes. So I'm going to kind of go back to just doing it the way I think it should mm -hmm. be done because the end result is the same. So um, I think that I wouldn't, because you asked about enjoying, I think I would enjoy it a little more. If I'm well, just doing if you enjoy it more, then it. you'll, you'll do it more often you'll enjoy right. doing it right. so that's that's big part of it it won't yeah. be a chore like right like right, right right i mean you have to you know with the old old thing about you know find work that you love to do and right. you'll never have to work a day right. in your life which is which, bullshit yeah but, i know because you end up working twice you, as you hard. will be working <laughs> yeah. but but at least it's fun work you know yeah. and, and and that's you know yeah. yeah you'd have to you have to find the joy in what you're doing not right. and 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 right. also i think you have to expect that hey 
there's a lot of stuff you have to do to get to those joy moments, yeah. and that's reality. And right. as long as you know that, that's fine too. Then it's usually worth it, yeah. though, you know. Yeah. All right, but um, we're gonna end there. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you for being on. I really appreciate your time, and to people watching this, I appreciate your time. I say it all the time. You have a ton of choices. That you have the entire internet of like millions of videos and audios you can listen to. If you take the time to listen to this or watch this, I'm honored, and I really try to make it something that doesn't waste your time so that it's as worthwhile as I can make it. And if I have nothing to talk about, I don't do the podcast. I wait until I can think of something to talk about, all right? But thank you for being part of this, man. Thank all right, you. good luck thank with everything, you. all right? And we'll see you again when the feature film comes out. And yeah. I want a cameo, though, as like a zombie. Oh, uh, you, back, we need in. zombies. <laughs> oh, do you? I'm, you I'm, always I'm need there. zombies for a zombie film. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm there. Just get me at like 5 a.m. on any You'll weekday. be the zombie with a cap. There you go. That, that's okay. going to stay. I don't want to well, be the bald zombie, so. <laughs> all right? All right, thank you, man. I'll see you next okay, time. Okay, take right? it easy. Thanks.